Coming up in this episode of the Dark Theme Park Show, we give you the good, the bad, and the creepy of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Greetings and welcome to the Dark Theme Park Show, Creepy Kingdom's podcast all about the creepiness of theme parks. I am your host, Mr. James H. Carter II. Get ready for a <laughs> epic episode. That's right, we're clocking in over two hours to bring you our thoughts, the good, the bad, and the creepy of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge which just opened up in Disneyland this past month. We have a lot to discuss, a lot to say. So why don't we just open the gates? Hello, everybody. And let me introduce who's on the show right now. All the way from the dirty swamps of the East Coast. <laughs> the Florida man himself. James, I am your father. <laughs> wow, a, uh, a Darth Vader swamp monster, huh? <laughs> or your daddy, depending as to what day it is. This is a family show. All right, so we're here with Sir Florida Man himself, Grant. Hey, what's up? Are you still doing a voice, or is that actually how your voice sounds right now? No, that's that's actually my voice. Okay. No, that was a terrible impression. And we're also joined by someone who does not have a title for some reason, Uh, Tanisha. What's your title, Tanisha? Hey. Um, Um... The Mistress of Magic. I don't know. I'll take it. And we're joined by the (laughs) Mistress of Magic. (laughs) That really just rolls off the tongue. Did you just make that up? The Mistress of Magic? I I was thinking something like witchy, like Harry Potter-ish. I don't know. (laughs) You're throwing in a little Elvira, too, so that's kind of cool. Mistress of the Dark. I've definitely sent yeah. a, a, a Bellatrix vibe with all that. There you go. There you go. That's what I was going for. Yep, I'll take it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I will take it. All the Bellatrixes. Bellatrixes? Yeah. Bellatrixes. Bellatrixes? Bellatrixes. I'll try. All right. Wrong franchise. All right. Let's steer back on track. Uh, so we are here to share our thoughts on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Clearly, if you are a theme park fan and follow any type of theme park media, you probably have heard about it. <laughs> so we're not good. But you haven't heard our perspectives about it. And uh, Tanisha and I went during the pre-reservation period, which is no longer uh, happening as of this recording. And uh, we went on two different occasions. And we have um, our own experiences to share with you all. And and Grant, who lives on the East Coast, will not get to experience Galaxy's Edge until um, August 31st. August, September. 
Well, no, I, my yeah. annual pass, apparently I'm actually blocked out of that. Like they, um, or at least said the annual pass holder preview. So I will probably not be there on opening day fighting the crowds that are apparently only 30 minutes or so as of right now. The crowds are 30 <laughs> minutes. What do you mean? Uh, oh, what I heard is when, 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 yeah, like that, like Disneyland is empty from everything I've heard. And that oh, when, when, and when Galaxy's Edge opened up there, it was like a super long line to get in. And then it just completely dissipated, like, like by noon. It was like a 20 minute walk on ride for the ride. I, that's weird. That's, that's a whole other deep dive to get into. People must be like freaking out. And, and then most annual pass holders are blacked out. <laughs> yeah, they might. I think Disney over because have you noticed Disney's been doing all these like extra things trying to get people to come back in the last like week? Yeah, they've like, been trying oh, to bring your friend for ninety nine dollars, and oh, we're bringing back the Main Street Electrical Parade, and oh, we're oh. going to extend soaring over California till August. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, oh, we're going to do a shot every time they like say that the Main Street Electrical Parade is done, and then they bring it back. <laughs> we're we're going to be drunk, and then on top of that, okay, oh well, you're not. Oh well, we're having such low attendance for this, so we're going to make these deals. But yet, you're going to raise my annual pass ninety dollars and block me from things? Are you? Kidding me? Well, that's what happened. That's, that's what happened, Rod, and you're on Walt Disney World. Uh, yeah, they haven't exactly. raised ours. Yeah, they here. haven't raised ours yet this month. Not yet. Oh. <laughs> it's gonna, we we get it, we get it twice a year, and normally it's about five. You know, it's normally about ten bucks for our annual password. It's like, oh, there it goes again. Yep. This time it went up ninety for the t- uh, for each of us. So that's an extra hundred and eighty for my wife and I to go to Disney for Disney Magic. Magic right. ain't free. Every year. Magic ain't free. <laughs> As the kids say. <laughs> but, uh, but, less, less free every day. <laughs> but, it's a uh, shakedown. Just to be clear what we're referencing back at Disneyland here. Um, you know, they had, just in case somebody is listening is not clear on everything, all the details of what happened here. During the first 24 days of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge being opened to Disneyland, it was reservation only. And the way to get a reservation was to book a hotel, which on the weekends is averaging $700 a night. Uh (laughs) Or there was a two-hour window, one random day, where anyone could try to log on and get reservations, which was met with much chaos and sadness from many people. So, so many people tried to get it and couldn't. Other people got six or seven reservations. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was nuts. But um, well, we know that James is a baller, so he went with the seven hundred dollar hotel. Definitely. We know that. Yes. Obviously. So he had it completely totally. set. In fact, he actually had like eight reservations over a four day period. He just figured out ways. He booked multiple hotel rooms. I didn't, on the same I, I didn't day even stay. The same day, yeah, I didn't even stay. You know, that, that's how. No. <laughs> you went in there. You took the you took the mint off the pillow, and wrapped it, <laughs> yeah. left it on the door. You know, I was so, like, fine. I'm, I'm going to eat my $800 mint. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not stay in, in any $700 hotel room, 15 minutes from my house. <laughs> so, so, so James and Tanisha, what was the? Um, what was the whole two-hour process like to go and get your reservation into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Which, by the way, that is a weird name because my wife has a Galaxy Edge phone right now. Oh, branding. A Samsung <laughs> Galaxy Edge. I was like, 
Like the phone when they first announced it, I was like, yeah, you the phone. They could have named it anything that was. That's like you know, it's just like, oh, it's Galaxy Edge, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, there's going to be. A I couple, mean, they should uh, actually just call it Star Wars Land because that's what everyone else is calling it. <laughs> but anyways, um, like Harry Potter Land, yeah, Star Wars yeah. Land, <laughs> Avatar Land. Nobody Ava- calls it yeah. Pandora. Avatar Land. That is true. <laughs> um, no. Star Wars Land. It will. I don't think people will be calling it by its full name regularly. But that, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, what the yes. land actually is. But let's. I do want to yeah. talk about this reservation process. So, um, you know, uh, Shannon, my girlfriend, <laughs> who uh, is going to be a key part of many of the tales of this evening when I when we get to the story. <laughs> uh, she was. She actually went and she got the reservations when they were online. She's you know she was on the computer when they happened you know when they were available and she got them um, and it seemed pretty easy for her. She had no idea so many people couldn't get them. Uh, so what was it like getting the tic- you know reservation for you? I guess it's easy since you got it, right? <laughs> well, okay, so it was weird because. Apparently, I think what the issue was, why a lot of people didn't get it, was because they were logging on their phones. Because I actually had a, I had a group, uh, like my my kind of like we call we call ourselves the Passhole Squad, but this <laughs> is a, a family story. show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so my my Passhole Squad, we were all <laughs> going in on trying to get these reservations and what we found was the people who are logged in computers were getting in really easily but the rest of us who are who are in the waiting room because there was like a virtual waiting room kind of like a comic-con if you're familiar with that process so it was like you logged in like 30 minutes before or whatever and then we're in a virtual waiting room and um so yeah so the people that were on i was on my phone because I was at work and uh, I, it, it didn't go through at all ever. And like it kept crashing and it was a mess, but luckily my friend, uh-huh. was this on a weekday or was this a weekend? Yeah, it was a weekday. Yeah, it was, a weekday. It was like so, a Wednesday or Thursday. So a lot of people don't necessarily have access to a computer during the week. So they have to rely on their phone for this. Kind exactly. Of thing. Exactly. And I think that was the problem. I think that's why a lot of people were sort of like, this is a mess and da 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 was because if you were on the phone, mm-hmm. it kept crashing. It was blocking you out. It was like, you had to relog in. Like it was a whole thing. Um, so yeah. So luckily I had a friend that got through on the computer cause she had, she, I guess can bring her personal computer to work. I'm, I'm not sure. But, um, and then when she got in, I guess the issue was they didn't make it clear how to add people to your party. Right. So like, yeah. Yeah. So like people were making reservations and thinking like, Oh, it must be for like a group up to six. And then they were finding out later, like, no, you only made a reservation for yourself and nobody else. So now none of your friends get to go with you. <laughs> now now I, gotta, uh, I, I do want to point out with that, which is funny is that as soon as, as soon as the, the, uh, the, you know, it opened and the reservation started going, they completely changed that where it made the only person that needed a reservation that, that oh sorry only only needed one person that made the reservation to get in and you could bring whoever you wanted with you that that's how i know right. a lot of people ended up going so that that was yeah. all like ended up not even being true <laughs> what so you end up having what people selling like their spot like go with me on ebay well no that you know, to the highest bidder well they couldn't sell it it's just kind of like the person that made the reservation had to check in with their ID, but you could have 
I don't know, as, 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 as many people with you as you wanted, right? I mean, was there a limit to how many people once no, you're physically actually, in the park? <laughs> the way we did it, we had to register individual people. So we had one person as the lead on our party, and then she typed in all of our names as her plus, I think there were five of us that went. But so she, her but you plus did that, four. She did that on the day of the reservation, though, right? No. Oh, this no. was one. Oh, signing she did, up. Oh, she did it like in the park that day when you were No, online. Oh. She had typed our names in. Oh. Oh, that's that's what I was asking. Yeah. So when she first made the reservation, oh. she put yeah. everyone's name in. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what yeah, yeah, that's that's what you that's what you're supposed to do at that point. Right. And then they still they asked for our ID when we went. So we each individually had to show our IDs and then get our wristbands. And but you went on what day was it? The fifth I day? Went opening week so it was i think it was open uh it opened the 31st and i went on the 6th okay so yeah. first week i went on the second to last day so lots of, <laughs> we'll see that the, the, changed i was about to say clearly a lot yeah changed. a lot has changed as i said um yeah and, but disney has had this problem for a long time where they cannot figure out the reservation system even here in florida like when they had the toy story like like they had the previews for the pass holders after it had opened and uh, my wife made like our reservation and I had to call separately because it did not link me to that, even though their Disney app should be doing that. So this sounds like nothing new where it's just like a, Hey, we've got this idea, but we can't get everybody like set up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing is weird, right? Because it's like they're, they did this as like some kind of like to try to fight the crowds and also some kind of like consolation prize for for not having a rise of the resistance open in time. <laughs> but I, I think that that's why there weren't the crowd. Like, I, I think there would have been way bigger crowds if everything had opened all together. Yeah. You know, like it's like, you know, I mean, I, I get that there's long lines because it's. California and anything new people line up for, you know, like what was the wait for the Incredicoaster on the opening day, like five hours or something stupid like that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But, but it's like, that is come on, <laughs> you don't yeah. just deal with it for two or three days, get the initial hubbub out of the way and then allow people to just do their Disneyland thing. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think uh, on a previous show, you were, Grant, you were saying, that uh, a lot of people probably, you know, not the locals, but the people that travel out of state to go to Disneyland or, you know, during the summer are probably holding off on their trip because they they can only go once a year and they want to wait for the, you know, for the, the whole land to be open. Or the or even the non-annual pass holders, you know, the people who are like, well, I like to go like once a year, you know, they're right. waiting for it to all be ready. You know, what's the point in spending all that money? Yeah, what is it like? One hundred and thirty bucks a day per person. Yeah. It's well, like close. It's actually for no. a park car, but I think it's one eighty right now. I mean, uh, oh my god! I would like to point out that I'm, I, add <laughs> the caveat to the story. I'm currently not an annual pass holder, and when I went, I paid one hundred and fifty dollars a ticket <laughs> to go. Yeah. Yep. So, so that adds to my my uh, <laughs> my displeasure. Yep. <laughs> That's it was a peak day, hundred and fifty dollars. That's where we're at, guys. Hundred and fifty dollars. Yep. And was that yeah. one park or was that park hopper? That was one park. That was not yep, a park that's hopper. That's one park. So it's two hundred dollars <laughs> for a park hopper. Yeah. And then Mickey enjoy looking up your tears. 
because <laughs> you're forking your wallet out, you know. <laughs> and whatever, I'm not gonna, you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna be play about prices out here. No. <laughs> either you pay, either you pay it, or you don't want it. Whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, I chose to pay for it. I'm not. I, I'm just. But the caveat of what I'm doing here means a lot more, and what I'm trying to accomplish during this time period means a lot more. When I'm only coming for today, <laughs> you know, like right, you know. correct. <laughs> so that that's my point. It, it's out. not one fifty to go to Disney. It's one fifty to go and see this new thing that you haven't got. You know, like it's brand new. Right. Well, I mean, just to be fair, we did spend the day there. I was I didn't just go just to go to Galaxy's Edge, and we were and we were celebrating Shannon's birthday. Which is all part of my story as we get to it. But anyways, um, reservation. I kind of feel like I had a lot of problems with it, and bringing it up right now may seem pointless since it's over, and I don't really foreshadow they're going to do anything like this again in Disneyland in, in our lifetime because <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know unless they try this again with the Marvel Land. Marvel, I was going to say Marvel Land. I don't I think know. They're going to do don't more reservations there. I mean, just open the land. <laughs> like, I, don't, yeah, I, don't I feel like I, the reservations weren't necessary. <laughs> I don't even know if Marvel Land is going to have the same draw as like a Star Wars thing. Even though Marvel's insanely popular, I don't think people... It, it's not a multi-generational thing like Marvel? Star Wars is. Marvel's like way older than Star Wars. Come on. But, <laughs> I, I know a lot more... <laughs> Parents and older people who are way more into Star Wars than they are Marvel. Yeah, yeah, maybe more popular, but it's definitely multi generational. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I'm just saying that <laughs> complaining about this, which is probably what it sounds like, may seem like pointless. But um, you know, I, I think that you know, as we look back and say, did this all work? You know, was this all this work out? You know, say no. There were some major flaws here, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> there was. All right. Um, yeah. But I feel like I just want to get the negative out of the way first because I don't want to end on a negative note. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm, I'm just gonna, I, you know, that's. I'm just gonna say that off the top. So I'm gonna. I guess about the best way to go a little bit here is I can kind of walk through a little bit of my experience step by step, and then you can chime in. With your experience, Tanisha, it's probably the oh. easiest way. <laughs> uh, as, okay. as far as the oper- you know, the checking in process, all this stuff. All right. First of all, so our reservations were from eight to midnight on that day. I was with my girlfriend Shannon, and we were joined by two other people who are not theme park enthusiasts, but are Star Wars fans. Okay. They. I'm going to name them Tom and Jerry because <laughs> I want to leave their names out of, out of the public record. <laughs> oh, let's go Luke and Han. Luke and that would Han. get too confusing. Yeah, that's sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. That sorry. Tom and Jerry is good. Tom and Jerry. Uh, I'm just going to go with Tom and Jerry. Whatever. Anyway, who cares? So, <laughs> uh, Tom and Jerry did not get a reservation during the two-hour window. So Tom and Jerry booked a hotel room during the weekend, and that's why I know how much the hotel room cost because that's what they paid. <laughs> it was it was $700 to, to do Ooh. it on the weekend, the Grand Californian. <laughs> so, um, so, that, so that's their reservation process. So uh, the first thing... Was that we 
uh, somebody when we were when we were checking in or something was like, "Oh, your reservation's at eight. You're gonna want to get there, like, at like six thirty. <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, okay." Like, literally, I had no idea of this. <laughs> that that I, I pretty much was like, "Oh, we can just go to the land at eight o'clock." <laughs> you know, that's what I thought. But it's like, nope. You gotta you gotta uh, line up, which you're not really lining up because. <laughs> Even though you are literally physically lining up, all the cast members say this isn't actually a line. <laughs> this is just your waiting space. Yeah, it's like the stre- <laughs> like the stretching room, basically the haunted mansion. You know, like yeah, just crowd in. Yeah, I was just like, no, this is literally a line because the people in the front of this group of people <laughs> are going to be the first people to get to where they need to get to. So this is literally a line. So. Th- they're they're teaching some weird terminology to co- not call the people waiting to get into the reservation the line, like that's some kind of like managerial mandate or something <laughs> that makes no sense to me. So, anyways, I'm like, all right, we'll get there early, fine, whatever. So we go at six thirty. Oh, I guess the the biggest thing I want to point out <laughs> is that it's Shannon's birthday. She's not necessarily a huge Star Wars fan, but she loves Porgs. She's obsessed with Porgs, and she's obsessed <laughs> with tiki mugs. And when she found out that there was a Porg tiki mug available in the cantina, she lost her mind, and her whole day was single-mindedly focused on obtaining said <laughs> Porg tiki oh, mug. Oh, <laughs> I feel like there's a story behind this, but anyway. <laughs> yes, that that's the beginning of our of our you know journey. Gosh. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, so we went to go where we thought we needed to go, because granted, nobody told us. We're like, okay. From what I knew, the main entrance to Galaxy's Edge was the one right behind Big Thunder Mountain. Oh no no no. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it certainly is not. <laughs> it certainly is not. <laughs> so we're like, uh, we get there, like, oh no, you got to enter by Hungry Bear, and I've always heard that that's where the ex, that's where they're exiting people out of Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, well, it turns out they were exiting people there, so they were lining people up to go in. And letting people exit at the same space when they have three different entrances. I'm not, oh, that's a mess. I'm not really sure about that one. Where's <laughs> the third entrance? Is that the one that's like by Toontown? It's not that far over. It's basically, uh, it's still on the other side of Big Thunder. On Thunder Trail, yeah. Yeah, it's closer to Fantasyland. But it's... Uh, gotcha. You know, okay, whatever. <laughs> so we get over there and we're like, okay, we're here. <laughs> what do we do? Whatever. <laughs> and then we found out the next thing that we had no idea about at all. And the next thing, and which apparently every time person we mentioned this to, like, of course everybody knew this. I'm like, 
I don't know. They didn't send it to us. They didn't tell us. I had no clue, which was that you had to pick up your bracelets to check yep. into Galaxy's Edge in the launch bay in Tomorrowland all the way on the other side of the park. I'm just saying I knew that, James. So and I went it, the first week, so no, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. But, and, well, well, I'm going to continue uh, my, my, this point. So then, of course, we're like, what is going on with this? So we're looking. We're looking, Shannon's looking through the email because Shannon got the emails for the, you know, she's the one that booked this. I never saw anything. <laughs> um, I also want to point out that our Tom and Jerry, <laughs> um, they actually had reservations for the, uh, the next morning at 8 a.m. But since we could bring whoever with us, <laughs> as, as I said before, they went with us and then went back again the next morning. Um, so. so Shans looks at her email and she's like reading through everything and then like like in the smallest text at the like buried in the middle of all of this stuff it says pick up your wristband in Tomorrowland. It's like I kind of feel like that should have been like at the top of the list of things you needed to do in big bold letters. <laughs> like like we've been there all day. <laughs> now mind you, the tension's building because all we've kept hearing about is that the line to get in the cantina is the is the biggest thing. The uh-huh. first thing you need to do is get in that line, no matter what. And Shannon is like, "I need to get this this, this poor tiki mug." <laughs> so, mind you, at this point, it's almost seven o'clock, and she's starting to freak out. You know, like <laughs> because obviously the line that's not really a line near Hungry Bear is growing massive for our time block <laughs> and so i mean what i'd like to interject that really quick that yes. like asking people to get there an hour and a half early when you're paying 150 dollars to get in that's eating up some serious time that you know like that's just a waste of money that's like you could be doing so many other things during that time oh, oh definitely i mean well and actually we had dinner reservations um at five o'clock at cafe orleans that we like rushed through not super rushed but we rushed so that we could you know yeah i'm just putting all, i'm just putting it all together go ahead continue yeah, sorry no worries so it turns out uh tom i was called tom out of tom and jerry looked at their email reservations or, or the email confirmation stuff they got and it actually said it nowhere in any of the emails <laughs> whoa so i want i want you to picture this like, they're not theme park aficionados, all right? They're like, oh, I want to go to Star Wars land. I'm like, well, you got to get a hotel room. They're like, okay. So <laughs> I guess we got to get a hotel room. So they get a $700 a night hotel room, which is so absurd. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and they don't tell them anything. They're like, your reservation's at 8 a.m. the next morning. They thought they just had to go there at 8 a.m. <laughs> You would think that the concierge from checking him in would just be telling everybody, hey, just letting you know this is where you get your wristband. This is where you get your wristband. Like, it would be right. like a – you would think that, like, since everybody there is getting that, that would be, like, in their little spiel as they're checking everybody in, especially for a $700 freaking hotel room. Like, the only way – like, they had, it was not in any of their – literature or emails never mentioned them they had no clue so tom and jerry are probably getting a little madder and turning into itchy and scratchy at this point <laughs> <laughs> well, well tom and jerry were going with the flow 
It okay. was just uh, <laughs> Shannon wasn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so it was just like, you know, schlep ourselves all the way over there to the launch bay, get the wristbands, walk all the way back. Of course, there's a parade going on. <laughs> you know, like, so... You know, we had to wait for the parade, you know, a, a gap in the floats to be able to cross th- through the hub. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, all right, let's just let's just stay calm, guys. <laughs> let's just do it. Um, yeah. And then we got back and then we got back in the line, not line. <laughs> and that's where I'm going to pause my story and uh <laughs> let Tanisha speak on on how your how your process was leading up to getting into the land. Okay, well, um so my situation's a little different because I live in San Diego. I don't have the privilege of living 15 minutes from the park like James does. Um so it's about a two little under a 2-hour drive from I pay me. I pay the luxury uh-huh. tax. It's not a privilege. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Sandy, I don't know the last time you checked, but San Diego's pretty pricey, too, let me tell you. Uh, but anyway, so, um, and I, my reservation was on a Thursday, because it was that Thursday of opening week. Right. And uh, it was also an 8 p.m. to midnight. So, basically, I worked that day and got off at 5. Oh, and my then, God. Yep. That's and then. Horrible. Yeah, I I met up with all my people and we sped up the freeway um, <laughs> to get during rush hour. Yeah, seven miles during hour. rush hour. <laughs> yep, during rush hour. So um, we already knew we weren't going to hit the hour and a half. You know, uh, oh come check in an hour and a half before. Like we knew that wasn't going to happen, um, but. Luckily, honestly, and I think you're right, James. I think the email didn't say much, but the only reason I knew is because I followed enough people on social media who had gone already and posted about it that I was like, oh, I know that we have to go to Launch Bay first. Mm-hmm. Like, so, um, and I, I, we, I'll point out, I, I was purposely like just not looking at anything galaxy's edge until i went in right there. so i probably yeah, I know just you av- like spoilers yeah. i probably just like <laughs> avoided that information unintentionally <laughs> right right yeah because honestly yeah a lot of a lot of what i had known and like prepped myself for came from looking at what other people right so like the oh you need to go straight to the cantina you need to do this right away you need to like I was gathering all the intel I could ahead of time in those couple of days before my reservation. Um, so luckily I knew we had to go to launch base. So literally we, I think we, we got to downtown. So we got to, we parked in Mickey and friends and then we thought, Oh, we're going to be smart and we're going to take the monorail in and go straight to Tomorrowland um, instead of like waiting for the tram and all that stuff, like we oh, thought we were doing this thing. That sounds really smart, right there. Right, except that the monorail was broken down. So. Oh no! <laughs> so you walked from Mickey and Friends Literally, to the monorail we, stop. <laughs> we walked from Mickey and Friends to the monorail stop to find out that it was broke down, and then we we literally like jogged because you're not allowed to run in disneyland but we we trotted (laughs) yes we trotted uh from downtown disney basically from like from mickey and friends all the way to 
launch bay. (laughs) We power walked it. We were sweating. Like I was, I was wearing my thin jacket. I was like dripping sweat. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is terrible. And so we checked in. And so they had told us, which I'm surprised. It sounds like they changed it from the time we went to the time you went James, but when we had gone, they were entering everybody at hungry, hungry bear and exiting people from the, um, Thunder mountain entrance. Um, so everybody that was entering had to go all the way around to Hungry Bear that way. And then they were getting people out from the Thunder Mountain side. Can I ask, uh-huh. does everybody uh-huh. leave all at once? Or is it a thing where, uh, like, is it a giant swarm of, like, a giant mass of people leaving? Or is it a thing where people are kind of leaving slowly throughout? So that's an interesting tidbit and a, a point of criticism I have. I don't know if it's going to be jumping ahead, but... Um, Yes and no, (laughs) Um, because they were allowing some people to stay in longer if they were already in line for stuff, which I was very upset by. Um, I don't know if they I don't know if they cut this. It sounds like they got a better hold on it later um, in the in the month, like after it had been they've, you know, gone through it for a couple weeks. Um, But when I first went, they were doing this weird thing of like, oh, well, even if your reservation ended at 8 p.m., if you're already in line and waiting for the cantina, we'll let you continue to do so or still let you go in and stay in for your full two-hour time in the cantina or whatever it was. Wow. Um, so that was a mess. But anyway, so um, – but yeah, I, th- I think they were kind of like – because you had like colored wristbands. So your color wristband indicated what time slot you were there for and if you were – the previous color wristband, they would just start flocking people out if they and saw. And just trying to visualize color. this, like this little entrance with all, like how this oh, flow of traffic. Oh, I works. just wanted to point out that just this is this was this was the kind of experience. Uh, it was uh, it was a little different when I went because it was like so we had the the people waiting to get in uh, near Hungry Bear and that whole massive line, not line, <laughs> and. Which was pretty much taking up the entire walkway, except for that they put some tape down for like about the size of like one person to walk down the row. So basically, all the people are waiting to get in, and the people that were exiting had one little row to get out of to exit. What the? Which I don't really understand why they didn't let them out on the other exits. Yeah, because that makes more that made more sense, like, like flow wise. One hundred percent. Let them out the the one that's closer to Fantasyland and have them exit that way. <laughs> like, yeah. But um, the the way that the 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 bracelets were kind of working when I was there was pretty similar to like 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 the Halloween party or extra magic hours where they're trying to like essentially not really the Halloween party but the extra magic hours when um. Like say you're at Magic Kingdom and you know you're there. It's an extra magic night, but you don't. Yeah. You're not a hotel guest. You could still stay in there, but you can't do anything. Like you can't go on any rides. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most you're trying to do is see whatever extra little show they're going to do. If you kind of blend into the masses and if you're wearing a coat, yeah. You know, like that's the most you can do is like. Yeah, but from what Clap I your arms and from what I I'm just thinking of the last <laughs> ma- the after hours event I did on how there were 
a few people who are just kind of clearly there to watch the show but didn't care about the rides. Right, because I mean, you could ride the rides anytime. But um, but um, yeah, I never, I don't think they were like like forcing people to leave or telling people to leave and or anything like that. And you know, so I don't know. Uh, that seemed odd to me that that's how they were making its exit. It also seemed odd to me that we were entering that way. Uh, Shannon heard somebody say something that it was a safety issue entering in the other entrance. I don't think so at all. I think it was a logistic issue because if we would have, in my mind, I realized that it's because the cantina is right next to the other entrances. And I think they were trying to avoid the mass swarm of the cantina by making everybody walk all the way around. Because I realized that that was where everybody rushed as soon as we got through that entrance. Like everybody just hauled it for the cantina. And it was like a mass mob. So I think they were trying to avoid. Yeah. Hmm. Well. That's my theory anyway. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know. No, sure, well, but, uh, yeah. I'm sure it was to be some kind of speed bump. Um, yeah. I will say that entering on the Hungry Bear side is not the most majestic entrance to, <laughs> to Galaxy's no. Edge. <laughs> No, because it took me a minute to realize. I was like, "Are we in Galaxy's Edge? Is this still Critter Country?" I yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was. Yeah, it's uh, the uh, the way that it's set up uh, is the area where Hungry Bear is, is is kind of, or that entrance is kind of supposed to be more like in the woods or something. So right, it's not, yeah. and that's where the secret, you know, base is, and that's where the the uh, unopened attraction is sitting yeah sitting unopened. <laughs> sitting unopened. Uh, so you know it's it's just it's just not really an entrance i don't know it's just kind of like yeah, it's not a magical entrance at all no it's just kind of like you just it's not like uh making that hard turn into hogsmeade and seeing hogwarts down at the end of the street <laughs> yeah. it kind of feels like you're sneaking in that's kind of it does. yeah that's true it does feel like you were going some weird behind the scenes way yeah. to get into it so that wasn't my f- choice but there was a logistical issue okay i'm not gonna nitpick over that but i was <laughs> Right. Also, um, thinking like for James, for the way that they had you going back and forth because they didn't give any of that information out so readily, if you were with somebody who was either elderly or in a wheelchair or disabled or if oh, you were one of those people. You're picking the magic words, Grant, because let me tell you something. Because, I, you know, like, you know that my wife is in a wheelchair and I have to yes. punish her all over. And I, you know, I know other people have other situations mm. and some people cannot stand to stand for a long time or walk for great distances at great speeds. And this is really not a nice thing to have them walking all over Disneyland at three different entrances. No. Yep. So Shannon um, has a condition where she can't stand for very long. <laughs> and so, you know, she, you know, she's part of the, the, you know, the DOS system, you know, we get return times, the, yep, the whole my wife nine. has the yeah. same system, right. Right, the right. same system as well. Right, yeah. So she's all, she's all signed in and all that, and blah blah blah. Uh, and this reservation and process of going into Galaxy's Edge is um, is pretty extra. much not, not even extra. It's just pretty much like 
you know, too bad. If, if you have a disability, <laughs> happy birthday. Like, and what I mean by that, I mean, as, as my story continues, that was the sentiment that was brought up to us many times. <laughs> so, mm, yeah. Um, wow. That's unfortunate. By cast members. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> That's terrible. So. So yeah, I'll just so this is my next favorite part of the story. <laughs> it's not my favorite part. It's hard. It's, this was the part that really was just like really bad. So, all right. So uh, Jerry, as Bob, Tom, and Jerry is uh, you know is very uh, very fit and uh, kind of small and and fast. <laughs> so we're like, all right, Jerry. As soon as they say that. We can go into the land. It is your job to hightail it to the line for the cantina. <laughs> power walk. Power walk your butt off. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't power walk. He ran. Like, you know, <laughs> like, he, you know, he doesn't go to, he's not a theme park person. He, <laughs> he doesn't care about, uh, you know, get in trouble at Disney. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't know if he ran, ran, but he definitely hustled his way ahead of all of us to go do that so he can get in line so that we could get this poor tiki bug from the cantina. <laughs> um, so by the time we caught up with him, we had learned. That they told him um, to get in three different lines. Oh, huh? Yes. So he so went to someone and said, where's line for a cantina? They're like, it's right here. He got in that line. He's standing in that line a minute. They're like, this is the line for the lightsabers. And he's like, well, where's line for the cantina? It's over there. Okay. So he gets in that line. This is the line for the droids. <laughs> Cast members told him two different wrong lines. <laughs> oh, God. Now, are all these three things, like, next to each other? Uh, I'd say the lightsaber and the droid thing is next to each other. Yeah, the they're, they're... is not at... No. Around the corner. <laughs> Other. <laughs> I was gonna say that just seems like an operational nightmare because these are all things that apparently yeah. move very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, oh, so let's get it. We'll get into how slowly they move because there's the lightsaber room in particular. I think is absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, well, I digress. I, oh, we didn't even do that, so I have nothing to say about that. So you can tell, tell us all about it. But um, the the lack of being able to go in is is ridiculous because apparently there's only room for 15 people oh yeah the capacity is super low it's ridiculous <laughs> but anyway so by the time we met up with him he had just was directed to the proper line for the cantina which just for your point of reference Tanisha, at this point was pretty much right near the the entrance of uh, your big thunder yep. <laughs> which yep. is like <laughs> Nowhere near the entrance to the cantina. <laughs> so, like, 
Mind you, this line here is not to get into the cantina. This line is to make a reservation <laughs> to get into the cantina uh-huh. during your four-hour block. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> right. So it's not even like just the line just to get in. This is the line to make a reservation. So it's a 30-minute line pretty much just to make a reservation. It's a line to get in a line pretty much. A virtual line, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah it's a virtual line. You don't have to stand on the line. Holy, but still. <laughs> like, wow. you know, yeah, so clearly he was not going to get a reservation. <laughs> Being that far back, you know, I'd say that the land was, it was like 15, 20 minutes of, uh, you know, of the park, of, of the land being open in our, of our block or whatever. <laughs> you know, like he, was, he wasn't going to get it. And I was just, you know, the, the, that right there. Is is a is an operational failure, <laughs> like that. <laughs> like there's no yep. like, like. I understand. No, let me be clear. I don't know what it's like to open a theme park land. <laughs> I, I'm not going to claim that I do. I don't know what it's like to manage hundreds of people. I have no idea what that's like, and I'm not going to claim that I do. But you know what? It's also not my job to know. <laughs> you know, so I don't feel bad about knowing. And what? So this is my opinion, and I'm going to stand by it. Is that that you don't really know what's going to happen when you open a new land like this? But pretty fast, everyone knew that the cantina was the most popular thing, and people were being turned away during their four-hour reservation. Uh-huh. Yep. That's the number one message that went across the land. <laughs> yep. So they knew this immediately. And, you they, know, I mean, if it's they, just, I mean, they if it, knew this was going to be big. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> let me just finish this thought. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll give you like, I'll give them like three days to be like, oh, crap, we better figure this out. <laughs> But day 23, you don't know how to organize three different lines? Yeah. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, there's no excuse for that. <laughs> I'm like, not only should these lines be clearly labeled, it's not like the stores are moving. They're in the same spot they've been every day <laughs> during every four-hour block. <laughs> like, takes, you know, Make some lines, take some, uh, you know, whatever used to make lines or whatever. Take some tape. I don't really care. And on top of all of that, like the beginning of the day, it's like, all right, Galaxy's Edge cast members, if you know anything, the number one thing you need to make sure that you know is what line is what when people ask you. (laughs) There's nothing more important for you to know than literally is it. I can't like what what is more important to that when there's literally only four things to do in the whole yes I think you would know where those four things are how could there be cast members on the 23rd day of the land being open not know what line is what out of the four experiences that are available during where the lines form like every four hours all day (laughs) 
and I'm not and I'm not blaming the frontline cast members. This is a managerial managerial issue. I can't even get the word out because I'm so angry. <laughs> like, like, I am I am not blaming the frontline cast members. I'm really not. Because they they just do what they're told, you know. <laughs> but I mean, I would think that by day twenty three, you would like as a frontline cast member, you'd at least have a general idea as to where things were. I mean, like James, you've done all sorts of different jobs. I'm sure that like within <laughs> within within like you know within a day of being there, you know, okay, well, this is the way to get to the bathroom. This is the way to get to like the break room. This is the way right, right. to get out of my work. Like it's not that hard to figure out, and you would think, okay. Well, like there's these different lines. Well, as I'm walking around, maybe I should follow them and see where they go. (laughs) Well, I I think some of the things were were evolving and changing. I don't know if the lines were literally moving, but so I'll give them, you know, I I give them a little bit of leeway with that. But but you are, I mean, you know, I I I don't know. I think they were just day twenty three. It's day twenty three. They really, I, I, I'm sorry. I I hate I hate to bash on cast members, so I, I'm not trying to do that. You know, we have friends that are cast members, and we know that it's a thankless job for you know when people are rude and angry. But you know when when you have this this experience that it's limited and. People are trying to enjoy it the best that they can, and they're doing everything they can to do it. it it's very frustrating, you know. Yeah. And then this is the case where, you know, we actually knew that we couldn't get there, or Shannon couldn't get there, so we got someone go ahead and try to take care of it ourselves, you know. And they were led wrong twice. <laughs> Well, the way that all this is set up, it seems like it's less about having fun at Star Wars, uh, okay, Galaxy's Edge, but more like a quest to try to get everything in. It's like in the four-hour period, yeah, yeah, yeah. four-hour period. It's no like you're not like saying, okay, well, look, I'm just gonna take it leisurely and enjoy life. It's okay, like it just seems like (laughs) the most stressful thing. It's like it's like if you have that four-day trip to Disney World. And you have one day at each park. And you're like, okay, I have one day. I got to get to this, 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 this. You're like Clark W. Griswolding this vacation. You know, you are, you have everything down to, a, like, you have to have everything down to make a schedule. And that is insane. 30 and days it, in advance, mind you. And it also sounds like they underbuilt, like, all these experiences because the cantina in Star Wars is huge. And they should know, hey, the cantina, that's going to be popular. People are going to want to go there. That needs to be a giant restaurant that can it's seat. It's small, though, from the videos I've can, seen, at least. Yeah. That can seat 500 people. They, you well, know, well, oh, people, people are going to want to build a lightsaber. We should maybe have more than 14 people or 15 people being able to build a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I'm not sure where those choices were made along the lines. <laughs> but, um, those were poor choices from a design standpoint and my and my only qualm or, or with the design choices there um particularly the cantina thing i i i i feel like maybe they should have had more than one cantina if they wanted a small experience or or, or intimate experience you know I'm, I'm i'm not sure but either way um, do the canteen and then do like a lounge somewhere. Well, I think people want that. They want to have that, you know, that that experience of just being in there and hanging out in there and, and 
trying, you know, doing their having, you know, the drinks there and all this stuff. Rex uh, the droid. You Rex know. the droid. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. But that sign. Uh, let me like let me continue this this road of, of the quest for the for the porg tiki mug. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Yeah. Uh, at one point there was. I mean, Shannon just wants the mug. Shannon um, is is uh, does not drink alcohol, which apparently it comes with an alcoholic beverage, which I feel like is some part of caveat of why what ended up happening happened. But she essentially, when she realized that that she wasn't going to get a reservation, she just wanted to find out if there was a way that she could buy the mug. And she went up to this guy. Uh, I'll leave his name out of it, <laughs> but he was clearly some kind of higher up because he was not dressed in regular, you know, the costumes of, for the land. He was wearing, you know, a suit or some sort. And she just kind of explained the situation, just saying, you know, that, you know, that she has a disability and that she couldn't show up and then that uh, she couldn't run over there to get in line and that. Our friend tried to do it. It was told the wrong line, all this stuff. And, um, you know, he was very sympathetic. And I, I'm going to do the short version of the story. <laughs> he said something that that kind of upset Shannon. And then they started arguing for a little bit and things got pretty heated. <laughs> but once cooler heads re- prevailed... <laughs> He said, listen, he's like, I'm going to take you guys into the cantina. And while you're in there, I'm going to find out if I can get you the mug to purchase. <laughs> Which I thought was was uh, a really great thing that he that he tried to do that for us. And so I'm not going to say it's all bad. <laughs> uh but somewhere down the line, um, she was told. Let's well, uh, that. <laughs> um, so we're in the cantina. So we did get to go inside the cantina for a few minutes. So I, I did get to see it. Uh, Shannon, didn't, Shannon didn't care about seeing it because <laughs> she just wanted the mug. <laughs> uh, he went to try to get us a mug. He came back and said. He could not sell us a mug because the only people allowed to buy the mugs are people that have reservations for the cantina. <laughs> and we were never given an explanation why that is. It is like, and that's where I feel like I get not everybody gets everything and, and things are limited and all this crap. But when an individual comes to you and says, I tried, but I have a disability. And our friend that was trying to get it for me was steered the wrong way. Why don't you just sell her a mug? <laughs> like, what is... <laughs> and it's not like she was probably asking for it to be, like, a lower price because she no. doesn't want the drink. She was probably just asking for, this is the price. It's like if you go to Trader Sam's and you do not drink alcohol, um, if you want one of the mugs, it normally comes with the drink. But you can still buy the mug if you don't have the drink. And I get that they probably only have a certain number in that stock, like on that building, basically probably one for everybody who goes in there. But man, they could have at least 
they should have a few on hand for weird, like not weird, but unusual situations that happen. I'm thinking since they didn't want to tell us is that this has to do with the fact that they don't want alcohol leaving the cantina. Um, I think because that's the only place you can get alcohol, right, Tanisha? Right. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You're not allowed to. It doesn't leave the cantina. That's the rule, yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like it has something. It has to have something to do. Even though she wasn't getting alcohol, <laughs> she just wanted the bug. Because they, it was just, you know, it, it went up past this, this guy's pay grade to, <laughs> to get a bug out of there. You know, so... And and as we were there, um, and and we're outside, a uh, a uh, little boy in a wheelchair was turned away as well, <laughs> because oh, he couldn't. God. So that's something else that we witnessed. So essentially, it was just this recurring theme that it was like, in the past, Disney like goes out of their way to accommodate people with disabilities, but it seemed like with Galaxy's Edge, they were just like. Too bad. <laughs> Sorry, can't help yeah. you. <laughs> that sucks. We'll put a note in our book, and as soon as we get this thing running, we'll then kind of figure out a solution, maybe. And it's just like it's because it's and it, and it seems like that's the mandate because any cast member we talk to, they're just like, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> It's getting really hard for me not to say things that are going to make me have you scream family show for the third time <laughs> on this podcast. I mean, it's, it's tough. Uh, I mean, and, 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 and <coughs> the passion I'm coming from and the passion that you're feeling is not from our own experiences. It's for our loved ones' experiences. And it was just yeah, me because cause I don't really care. I just go with the flow, whatever. <laughs> whatever happens, happens. But, you know when it's your loved one and it's their birthday and you, all they want is a mug, you want to get them the mug, right? <laughs> you don't want, you don't want somebody, you don't want people who have different, uh, different things going on with them to have to feel like they are different, you know, even more than they already do. You want to just ha- go through life like normal. You know, you, you don't want to say, well, I'm sorry, but you can't do this and you can't do that. You know, like our at least, you know, for you and me, our goal was to make our loved ones' life as normal as ours. Right. And that takes that away. That that ruins that whole chance. So I, you know, I will say, um, in case I know no one's aware, as soon as the reservation period was over, they made it so that people can reserve the cantina online starting at seven a.m. Which is so that's going to handle that problem. Moving forward, now everyone's got a fair shot at getting it, right? Yeah. But that doesn't change <laughs> the, the, the yeah. experience that we had. <laughs> yeah. So that's all we're really gonna say about the cantina. Uh, we and you paid three hundred bucks between the two of you to have that experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we did spend the day at Disneyland. I mean, obviously, I wasn't just. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It wasn't like you just came over just for that. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, um, yeah, no, it was, it was very, it was an unpleasant thing, you know. And you know, I wasn't going around, willing, you know, going like, "Hey, you better 
treat us right. I have a podcast. <laughs> you know, I'm just a regular person that paid money to go, you know, and, and I just happen to have a forum that I'm going to speak on it because I haven't heard anyone else really talk about this, <laughs> you know, like at all, <laughs> you know, and it needs, it needs, you know, it needs to be addressed. I don't know what, I mean, the cantina issue, sure, but just, that just was handled the wrong way. And I, I don't, you know, I guess it's probably going to be fixed. I don't know what other issues people are going to run into, but I'm going to hand the pass the baton over to you, Tanisha, because um, I take it you attempted to get a lightsaber. Is that what you're trying to say? And it didn't. Yes. Work out? <laughs> well, I also attempted to get into the cantina and did not get in either. Um, so, oh, sorry, James. How did the cantina look? Did it look good at least on the inside? Yeah, I was say, was it cool? <laughs> It's cool. Um, I will say that, I mean, it's definitely a place I'd like, like to hang out in. It definitely feels like um, the, you know, the cantina. Um, there's a bar in Hollywood called uh, Scum and Villainy. Yeah. And I would say that it's, it's kind of the same thing, minus TJ Rex. <laughs> There's a lot more detail, obviously, in the in the, in the Disneyland one, <laughs> but you could. I guess that's the caveat of all this. If you really want to hang out in a Star Wars cantina, check out Scum and Villainy. They're not a sponsor or anything. I just, <laughs> I've gone there. And, like their bar. <laughs> and uh, very great, very great specialty cocktails there. Probably a lot less than the prices at Disneyland. I wouldn't know because we didn't get to buy any drinks. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, if you've been to Scum and Villainy or seen that, you know, it's, you know, you kind of get the same experience, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that way we can, like, move past that area because we didn't even talk about what it looked like, you know. Yeah. We haven't even heard what your views of what the land actually looked like. Right, right. Yeah, that's why I was saving that for the end because that's – I just wanted to get yeah. the negative part of this out of the way. Okay. <laughs> an, an hour in because we're, yeah, we're about an hour in. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, so going, like, entering in, so like James was saying, like, it's a weird woodsy area, and then, like, slowly, bit by bit, you start to see Star Wars things, like, start to pop up, and then you're like, oh, oh, okay, I am in, in Star Wars land. All right, this is happening. Right. Um, <laughs> very very then, anticlimactic. <laughs> That's yeah. not, that sounds like Pandora, kind of, in a way. It is kind of like Pandora, yeah. It, it reminded me of that as we were walking in. I was like, this kind of feels like Pandora a little bit. Um, you see, like, a little thing and a little thing, and then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden, it was, like, all of it's there, right? Um, so, yeah, so anyway, so at this point, I also was desperate for a bathroom. So... Oh, my God. <laughs> You've been, like, straight from work, straight there. Yeah, literally straight <laughs> from work, straight there, running through downtown Disney, running all the way to Tomorrowland, getting my freaking wristband, running all the way over to the complete opposite end of the park to Hungry Bear, and then waiting, you know, coming in behind the crowd to get in. Um, so I was like, I'm... You know, we were all, like, I'm dying for the bathroom. We need to go. So, of course, you know, the other thing about Star Wars Land is that all the cast members are talking in this, like, lingo that's, like, yeah. they all want to. So, like, you're asking for a bathroom. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you mean a refresher? I don't understand what a bathroom is. Da, da, da. And you're like, look, Susie, I don't have time for this. <laughs> 
like where is a bathroom but like I know you understand me like I get it you're in character cool I need a bathroom so anyway <laughs> that only la- that only lasts a month. They tried doing that in Pandora, and then, su- sure enough, everybody started like just using Rayor English in there. Yeah, yeah. it probably last so, longer well, Disneyland, but just because of international tourists, probably <laughs> well, well, Disney World. But anyways, oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. Maybe. Um, so yeah. So then I went to the refresher. The bathrooms are really cool, by the yeah, way. I, yeah, they're they're they're, they're quite there's pretty sweet bathrooms. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Theming is really done excellently in there. Um, so then, so we literally just went to the bathroom. That's all we did. And then we literally ran through the rest of the park. So kind of like Grant was saying, instead of taking your time and taking it all in and enjoying the view, like we are booking it past the Millennium Falcon, booking it past like everything, just going, oh, look, that's cool. Keep going. Oh, look, that's cool. Keep going. <laughs> Until we get to the cantina. And at this point, we probably, our window started at 8. We, after going to the bathroom, we got to the cantina maybe 8.10 at the latest. Like maybe 10 minutes into our window. Wow. And there was literally at least 100, 150 people in line in front of us. and. They literally, (laughs) yeah, 10 minutes in. And not only that, but all the people who were in front of us, including us, all got turned away because they were already booked till midnight on reservations. Because at this point, at this time, they were allowing people from previous reservation times to make reservation times into the next period. What? So, like, yeah. So, basically, this is what a cast member told us. They said, oh, well, you know, we were allowing people from the, uh, what would the time slot been like the four to 8 PM time slot or whatever they could, if they stayed in line, they could still make reservations into our eight to midnight time slot. And so they had already filled up to the reservations that were available That's in the so eight crappy. to midnight time slot. Yeah. So we were, we were pissed. Cause I just was like, you know, eight to, you know, I'm signing up here that eight to midnight is going to be my time to enjoy the park. And you're now telling me that you're turning almost everybody from the eight to midnight time slot away from the cantina because the people from four o'clock are still here. Like, I was just like, what? But why wouldn't but why, I'm so confused. Why wouldn't they have gotten in way before eight o'clock? <laughs> That's so, because they, they need to make sure that the 12 and four go. <laughs> Uh, I was saying yeah. that they so they can let the twelve to four people get through. right. They probably just kept pushing it back and back. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, probably. So it just became to the point where basically the eight to midnight people, aside from maybe like I mean I I don't know because I didn't count, but I'm thinking maybe like sixty or so people from the eight to midnight time slot actually got to go in. Um. So yeah, we we got there. 10 minutes after our window started and had no hope of even making it into the cantina. So that was already a bust from the beginning and we were disappointed. Um, so then we're like, okay, well, you know, the other popular experience we've heard that, you know, cause I was just, you know, I had tried to do as much research as I could ahead of time um, was this lightsaber experience. My friend, she was ready. She wanted to buy a lightsaber she was like, let's go do it. We go over to the lightsaber line. Oh, we've already filled up all the way through midnight, too. 
Wow. And so these lightsabers are like 200 bucks each, I think, right? 200 bucks And it's going to go up. It's only going to go up. These things, right. you know, like Butterbeer, when it first came out here, it was like four or five bucks, and now it's up to like seven or eight bucks. It was $3. So, you know, oh, it's $3, <laughs> and now it's like... Yeah, Butterbeer started $3, and now it's at eight. <laughs> so, you know, just think about what that means, what that's going to do to the wow. lightsabers. Like $300, probably. $400. I don't know. But the so the the issue with the lightsabers is so it's very similar to the Ollivander's wand show, right? Where it's like there's a room, you get led into this room with your little crop of people, right? And then there's only 15 lightsaber building sessions or stations. So um, I guess you're only allowed to go in if somebody in your party pays ahead of time. $200 to purchase this lightsaber. So you can't just like go in and watch the show. Like you have to be part of somebody's party that paid the $200 that's going to go in and get a lightsaber built or what, or build their lightsaber. So they only have 15 people that can build their lightsabers at a time. And the whole show is like a 15 and some change minute show. So you're saying less than a hundred people an hour. Can... Less than a hundred people an hour can wow. go through there. Yeah, but okay, but a hundred a hundred times two hundred dollars, you know, that's twenty thousand bucks right there. Right. I mean, for that yeah. hour, yeah, that's a pretty lucrative yeah. hour in my mind. Yeah. Oh, it's, sure. well, it's great for them, but it's not great for the people that want to buy a lightsaber. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> they could be they could be making forty thousand an hour if they could shorten that time frame. Um, but yeah, so that. So my friend was devastated because she was really excited to do the lightsaber building experience. So already with only four experiences open in the park, we were shut down out of two within the first 30 minutes of getting into our time slot. So very similar to James, I was just, I was really heated and just like, are you kidding me? You're telling me that two out of the, there's only four things I can do. (laughs) And two of them, you're telling me I can't do at all. So, yeah, that was already like a rough start and we were all kind of like irritated. And then the Millennium Falcon at the beginning of our time slot, because there was still, I guess, overlap from the time slot before ours. So it was like a 40, 45 minute wait. Um, and one of the cast members had kind of told us like, oh, just hold off. Like if you wait until they clear out more of the previous time slot people, then it'll it'll drastically go down. And they were right. Eventually it got down to 15 minutes and I was able to ride it like four times. But um, yeah, so that was just really disappointing that I just felt like with the, like the expectation, if you're going to make a reservation, you're going to do this whole thing of like, Oh, you're only going to let a select amount of people in for this four hour time slot and for this four hour time slot, the whole park is yours. Yeah. <laughs> all hyped up. And really it's like, no, one of the rides isn't even open. And also two of the experiences are have been booked before your time slot even started. So <laughs> it was just it was really Wow, this this previous time slot thing sounds miserable. I mean, I don't that wasn't really an issue. I, I could tell there was like lingering people when we first got there, but they were they weren't holding up the lines and taking up the experiences like that. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, is at it, least that's that's what a cast member told us that that's what the issue was why it, we had, they had booked up. This seems to be the big problem that I'm noticing is the time slot. 
concept that it almost would have been better just to open it and just have it be fair game for anybody instead of, you know, this. Because it's like your time slot didn't really seem to matter other than the time that you went in. Um, yeah. You know, like the four to eight o'clockers were probably getting in there. And then the people who were there at four were probably frustrated because the 12 to fours were taking up all their spots. And it's just cascades. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's what happened. Well, the, what they're doing it now, um, I hear, is uh, now that it's open to anyone, is that when it reaches capacity, um, you get kind of put into like a virtual queue and they let you know when you can go back into the park or into the land, I mean. And um, not that I've experienced that firsthand, but that seems to be a way more enjoyable thing to do as opposed to just standing in line waiting to get into the land. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah, because then it's like uh, you can go over and hang out in Fantasyland or on the Haunted Mansion for as many times as you want to do. Right, and, for, and and even though it wasn't like this on the day that I went because it was a Saturday, uh, most of the days I've been here and the rest of the park's empty, so you can kind of really probably just get a lot done and do a lot of things um, with that. So that I, I feel like the grand scheme of things, this reservation thing – was a failure it was an attempt to not have massive crowds i guess but what's the big deal <laughs> i mean every, i mean if, if people want to go and wait in line then let them i don't know like <laughs> because it's not what because what you thought it would be is what you said tanisha oh i there's a time that is only going to be a limited amount of people in there and i'm going to get to do all these things you know i got the yeah. reservation <laughs> Now this is my time to enjoy this before the crowds come. That's the you know that's the way they're kind of pitching it, right? Yep. Yeah. You know, be like, yeah, well, there's not crowds, but you still but you still can't do everything. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what looks better, honestly, media wise? Like, hey, look, the new Hackard roller coaster has a ten hour wait on opening day, or this this new thing has a forty five minute wait on opening day. You know, and people seem to be coming out frustrated. You know, I'm not now granted. The new offering from Universal has its own share of issues, but it's kind of an interesting like tale of two things that are happening right now. Yeah, yeah a little bit two different takes for sure. Um, but obviously, there's a lot more to unpack at Galaxy's Edge than just opening a new ride. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, sure. so okay, I'm done complaining. <laughs> and I yeah, onto the good. Good stuff. Be the positive. <laughs> so, <clears throat> a, a topic that granted and I have had in privately and maybe probably on the podcast as we just talk about theme park stuff is, you know, will Disney be able to top Universal? And oh. by topping Universal, it is in, specifically in reference to Diagon Alley, which to me is the greatest theme park land <laughs> in all of the world. And I always kind of wondered, am I biased? It is obviously amazing and incredible to be there, but is it because I just love the source material so much, <laughs> you know, and you know, it, it, it was because I never thought that I'd be able to <laughs> go to Nocturne Alley. <laughs> you know, and now I can go. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of that clouds my uh, opinion. It's kind of hard to separate it, but it is still just from immersion and scale 
you know, Doggone Alley raised the bar. You know, I mean, obviously Hogsmeade did it first, but I never really had like deep dreams of hanging out in Hogsmeade. <laughs> you know, like, but Doggone Alley, I wanted to go to, so <laughs> you know, that, so that was fun. But um, <clears throat> so after going to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Batu is that the name of the planet? I don't. Batu, yeah. Batu, yeah. yeah. I guess I should kind of reference where I am on the Star Wars fandom <laughs> before I even answer this. <laughs> Which is, uh, I would say that I'm like, like a like a medium Star Wars fan. You know, like uh, I'm a child of the '80s. Obviously, I love the original trilogy. I had a Millennium Falcon uh, toy from with the action figures. I was a, when I was a kid. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, I watch every Star Wars movie as they hit the theaters, whether they're good or bad. I currently enjoy the new films that people seem to hate for some reason. <laughs> I'm talking about the you know the last two, not the prequels. <laughs> so I I like it, but I would I'm definitely like way more into like Harry Potter than, than Star Wars. So that's that's just kind of where I am. But Star Wars has been with me literally my entire life. You know, ever, you know, I was born in 76, Star Wars came out in 77, so a lot of nostalgia there. So what's interesting about this land is that it's not a place that we've ever been before. <laughs> you know, like, no. That's the first that thing. A, that different. was a decision. Yeah, that was a decision. All right. I mean, th- all the Wizarding World of Harry Potter stuff, it's like, oh, wow, I finally get to be someplace I've always wanted to be. And here it's like it's not. You know, it's nowhere we've been before, so there's not. I didn't get that feeling on it. But what I can say, after being in this space, is that it is the one of the most incredible achievements in theme land park land I have ever seen in my entire life. Like Disney has raised the bar, and even though I don't even know what this place is and I just see a few familiar things, <laughs> you know, like familiar ships, basically that's all you really see. That's familiar besides characters. Uh, here's the one difference. Why galaxy's edge has the edge, no pun intended over Diagon alley. <laughs> it is that there's no facades in galaxy's edge. Like I would say, I don't know what sixty percent of Diagon Alley is is facades. <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's awesome to stand out in front of all these facades, but there's all these awesome places that you can't go into. <laughs> it's yeah. <in> Diagon Alley, <laughs> especially in Nocturne Alley. I mean, Nocturne Alley is basically just Borgian and Burks and facades. And I'm like, I want to go in all of these places. <laughs> like. <laughs> What do you mean these stores are boarded up? Like open up. <laughs> there is no facades at Galaxy's Edge. There's every single nook and cranny you could walk into, and it's a lived-in, completely themed-out space. I have oh wow never seen anything yeah. like this before in my life. It has completely raised the bar. <laughs> Just on yeah. that fact alone. <laughs> Yeah. So well, amazing. So even though I yeah, I'm more into the IP of Harry Potter more and, and even though I've never even no been to Batu before, I never saw it in a movie <laughs> like that. It was like you actually feel like wow, I've actually gone to I've discovered a place I've discovered a new place but with familiar things on it. It's a weird thing. 
I don't know what 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 do you what do you what do you add to that, Tanisha? What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I I I totally agree with everything. It's it it feels because the so the thing about that too because it ha, it kind of has like a a storyline to it, right? That's the other thing that they've kind of like plugged into this world what is that it? there's that Batu is a planet that is like a like a stopover planet from my understanding. So it's basically like people come to this planet to like trade, to uh, barter, to get, pick up supplies. Like it's a stopover planet. Like you're stopping here at Batu to go on your way to whatever other so it's planet. Like, it's like, a, it's like a truck stop basically. Is what you're saying. It's like a truck stop planet. That's <laughs> yeah. basically, yeah, that's, that's the idea. And so the whole theming around it is like all the equipment or supplies or things that you need to sort of carry you on your journey to the next planet. Right. So like all, all the places like James was saying, like they're physical spaces that you can actually walk into and you have like one place that's all your sort of first order equipment, right? And that's where you're going to buy all your items, uh, your uh, stormtrooper, whatever, helmet and all that kind of stuff. Or then you have, you know, your obviously like your food places you, you're getting or uh, the droid depot, right? You're, you need to build a droid to, I don't know, help you out with your ship or whatever it is. Um, and then even the, the lightsaber experience is it's an undercover lightsaber operation. So it's like a black market lightsaber. Yeah. Cause I was, I was, I was thinking it wasn't supposed to be so easy to get a lightsaber, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like that's, that's the, the funny part too, is that it's, uh, the, the facade of when you go to the lightsaber place, the facade is that is, it is a, a scraps and spare parts shop. And then you're supposed to like undercover be like, oh, hey, I'm here for scrap materials. And they go, oh, yeah, wink, wink. And then <laughs> you go in to get a lightsaber like on the black market, basically. Um, so, yeah, like there's something about it that's very sort of like, yeah, takes the immersiveness to a whole nother level because you feel like, oh, I'm on this planet and I want to stock up on like snacks and food and things. And yeah, I want to build a droid and all that cool stuff. Um, and then even further into the immersion, the other thing that really tripped me out was the sound effects in the land. Sound were, effects. Hmm. Oh, you didn't hear them, James? Oh my gosh. Okay. No. I just want to, I want to point so, out, before you even tell me, that's uh -huh. another thing I want to point out, which is, which I, it feels very weird, but I, I've determined I like it, is that there's no music playing in there. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Like when you go to Wizarding World, you know, the score is playing everywhere. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You know, but, yeah, so so it, I, it was a weird adjustment, but, it, again, makes you feel like you're actually at some place. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, so the sound effects that are there, because you're right, it's, it's not music, it's not like the movie music, it's if you stand out in the open airspace, right? So like not in the um, like the market. There's like a little shopping market where you can get snacks and like little animal creature things or whatever. But if mm -hmm. you stand out like in the open airspace, like even kind of near the Millennium Falcon, mm -hmm. um, it sounds like there are ships flying overhead. And when I say that, it's not even just like oh they make the sound of a a ship. They literally have 
it like sound location like if you've ever had like surround sound yeah yeah i never even noticed that (laughs) yes it literally sounds like a ship is flying over your head so you literally hear it from like coming from your right ear and then flying over and then hearing it like leave from your left ear like that's how insane the immersion is oh that's cool I mean, maybe they turned that yeah. off. I don't know. Or maybe I was just too angry to notice it. <laughs> <laughs> Not listening at that point. But yeah, so even like little touches like that, I was really impressed by. I was like, wow. Isn't it cool if they could do like a Google Glass type thing over like certain parts of um, like like overhead to kind of like make it look like the ships are actually flying above you. That would be kind of a neat touch if they can figure out how to do that. Like build like a glass projection dome or something. Yeah, because you obviously can't be flying that kind of stuff over Disneyland. But right. you know, right. like you could do, um, like as much as I'm not like a giant screen fan, but that would be kind of a nice little touch. Like in certain points to have them like flying over you, but like you know, yeah, like a projection type thing where you can still see the regular like sky outside. Interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Disney's developing that technology as we speak. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the immersion level, I was very, very impressed with. And, uh, to, and to add to all of this, I will say that amongst all the chaos and the all the arguing and all the drama, I guess, I was dealing with, when I turned that corner and I saw the Millennium Falcon, it took my breath away. Like, oh, yeah. like it was, I mean, I was honestly, it was like breathtaking because it's just like, I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> I'm standing in front of an actual size Millennium Falcon. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's literally just sitting right there. I don't know why. I don't know, why, you don't know why it's on this random planet. I don't understand what's happening, but I'm just like, you know, again, I had this toy as a child, and just to see it, ah, it was, it is, it is, it is breathtaking. It is, it is quite an accomplishment. The bar has been raised, hundred percent. I will say this: so Roxy got to go, and she went with a friend's reservation, and she's not a Star Wars fan at all. <laughs> so it's interesting to hear her take on this and she obviously thinks that it's obviously super impressive (laughs) but she was kind of saying that at the end of the day she doesn't want to hang out in a dirty scrap metal desert treating post (laughs) area oh yeah that's true and my take on it it was just like i think it's kind of cool i don't know (laughs) because it just it just it's not something i've seen before but it just feels like like the like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, another thing too, there's not a lot of space to hang out. Like now that I think of it, I think because we were like trying to squeeze everything in and see everything, we were go go go. But now that I look back, there wasn't like you couldn't really stop and just hang out unless you were like inside the cantina. Well, no, there's well they have the their little shopping mall or whatever they want to call it. The yeah, the marketplace. marketplace. But even then, it's you can't. Can't really hang out in there. It's a very like tight little area. Well, they, well, they like, had, almost they, like Hogsmeade, where it's like a bunch of shops that are kind of like back to back and side by side. So you have to be like physically moving through that space. 
uh, I, I mean, by the time we were in there, there was like barely one in there, so it wasn't oh, wasn't yeah. cramped. And also, there was seating in there as well. So I, uh, I know that okay. bunch of people were. That's where we were hanging out in there for a while. Um, oh, okay. And uh, in fact, that there's no roof over the marketplace. It's kind of like wires, <laughs> cords, or something. And uh, I was, the uh, the fireworks went off. You know, while there, and they, and they light them pretty much right behind uh, Galaxy's Edge. So we were able to sit inside the marketplace and watch the fireworks through the roof of the marketplace. Oh, yeah. That, honestly, that was one of the coolest moments of the night was when the fireworks show went on because it literally felt like it was happening directly over yeah. our heads. <laughs> it it, it was. Because <laughs> <laughs> they literally let them off right behind there. So. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, have you have a question, Grant? Sorry. Yeah, it almost sounds like uh, when you're saying like it's all like it's and um, Tanisha, we uh, we talked about this earlier this year, um, very much like um, it's familiar, but yet really different. But yet it still feels familiar. Is it almost like comparable to like going to a different Disney park for the first time where it's like this feels like I know this and the components are there, but it's a different beast. I feel like it's like um, more foreign than that to me, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I think it's it's a little different in that it's like like its familiarity is not the same. Like you know, going to dis or to, going to Magic Kingdom after like knowing Disneyland like the back of my hand was a weird where it's like it's laid out exactly the same and like the castles where it's supposed to be and all that, but it's not the same castle like that's a little different. Whereas this, it was like the merch was recognizable, but the buildings, uh, weren't right. Yeah. There's there like no frame of reference for the buildings or the, right. The structures. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. The only structures that were recognizable obviously were like, there's like a Typhoon here sitting in there. There's an X wing sitting in there, the millennium Falcon. And then like Kylo Ren's ship is there. Which I'm, that's the one thing I'm kind of weirded about is like, why did they make Kylo, by putting his ship in there, they essentially made him a permanent fixture of the park. And I was, that well, was the only thing I was kind of like, uh. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of interesting because it's like the timeline of all this is like, the current films like this is so right. this is like happening yeah. now of course that those right. are disney's films that they're making right right so they're gonna you know that's what they're gonna push and they're they're throwing a little nostalgia at you here and there for, for but it's it's pretty much like get on the board with the new films or get out of the way kind of <laughs> yeah yeah basically. it's it's not the i've been a star wars fan for 40 years I can't wait to hang out with with Luke Han and and, and you know Leia, and Chewie. You know, like right. <laughs> well, Chewie's there. Chewie yeah, it is like there. A, I I, I, get to yeah. the, I want to talk about characters actually okay. next. Um, oh, okay. Well, really quick on the merch, I've heard that they've since added, like within the last what four or five days or so, just generic Star Wars merch into the land where apparently it was not there for the past or previous so now you can buy like just random star wars toys with a logo all over it do you think that that's going to help or like hurt bland oh. or help it? Oh, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen that i didn't see that at all yeah 
Wow. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know, that was the other thing I was going to mention about the immersion, that the one thing they did was it wasn't like, at least when I went the first week, it wasn't heavy-handed Star Wars merch. It was like Batu stuff. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like you could get Star Wars like ears or you could get like a shirt that says Star Wars on it, you know? Like it was like, oh, you can buy this creature or you could get this like jacket, but like your stuff had C-3PO. Right, like it, nothing had like a R2-D2 label on it or like a Star Wars or a Han Solo, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it didn't and now, have, they've like, had, now they've branding. added that apparently, so wow. I'm wondering how yeah. that's working out for that. I'll, well, it has to go somewhere, right? Because if you're, if you're going to get rid of it from Tomorrowland, right? Like if, you're, if Tomorrowland's not going to sell Star Wars merch anymore, people still want to buy that stuff from somewhere. No, but it, but it, it is still there. Like what I was going to say, when I, when the day yeah, I went, yeah. and, um, like and the, whatever the star Wars story is at the exit of star tours, I don't remember what it's called. Um, that whole, I mean, that's where all the Galaxy's Edge merch was. Like there was like, you want to cheat a t-shirt that says star Wars galaxy's edge. That's where you had to buy right. it. Yeah. I mean, in fact, because the thing, they don't want to like have Star Wars on the stuff in Batu because you're not supposed to like, right? They're not supposed to know Star Wars movies in Batu, right? <laughs> yeah, they don't know about them because they're living them. They don't. They yeah, don't they're know they're living the Truman them. Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we need we're, we're we need us moving along here because it's, it's going along. Uh, the cal- the characters as a really interesting. Uh, thing there so one thing i was very disappointed with was that there was no stormtroopers out when i was there i saw videos of that floating around so we didn't get to have that like stormtrooper harassing you experience um and i guess there's a point where they have some kind of first order rally or something did you see any of this no because i was i think none of it happened during the eight p.m. to midnight time slot oh maybe that's the case because we had the same time slot uh so so the characters that i saw roaming about was i saw chewy and and i saw ray and i felt that was the ray character was very interesting because she was just kind of like roaming around talking about stuff (laughs) you know there was no like people were like wanting to get a picture with her and she would sort of stop and take pictures but she wouldn't like do the the regular disney thing of like you know she wouldn't let a line form basically and uh that's a it's an interesting take on (laughs) on characters where now we're all trained that oh a character comes out and then a line forms and then you know everybody opens up your book to the right page so they can sign (laughs) right right. (laughs) yeah the whole all that stuff and you know she wasn't really going for it (laughs) you know she took one picture where she was talking with someone about something and they took one picture and then she just other people wanted a picture and she just walked away (laughs) and i i followed her for a little bit because and then she met up with chewy and then they were talking because they knew each other but it's just trying to be like regular people in the area which is an interesting take because you know with come on it's ray like it's you know the lead of the new movies like you want to like you want to have a picture with ray you can't just have her just like hanging out so i don't know i mean it's cool that they're doing that but at the same time i feel like 
it's just not the Disney experience that we've been like trained to have, you know, all these years. Uh, what was your experience with the characters? Zero, because none of them were out. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah said- there was absolutely not, not even Chewbacca, nothing. No characters were out. Wow. I was that was another disappointment I had because I, I I had seen a bunch of videos of like the stormtroopers and Kylo Ren harassing people on the streets and that one character that they made up for Batu, um, I forgot her name, but they made up a character that she's it. like running. She, there's this character. She's in like a orange jumpsuit. She has like this like blue black little bob haircut. And she's supposedly like on the run from the first order, so she's like hiding all around Batu. So like oh. sometimes you spot her and find her or whatever. But um, no, no characters. <laughs> well, I will. I guess we'll see how that all plays out once it's open to the public yeah. and all that. So kind. they can't. So they can't throw Darth Vader in there then. You can no, never. That's put what, Darth that's Vader. what yeah. I was trying to say. With the Kylo Ren thing. I was like, so they chose him as sort of like a permanent fixture, which means you can't have. Uh, Darth Vader in there ever at any point and also if they move on to future movies like do and it's a new villain like do you bring them in the part I don't know <laughs> I think yeah no yeah this is like kind of frozen in time of like like yeah. like I don't even know when because what timeline is Ray just walking around hanging out on some random planet that Kylo Ren shows in <laughs> Shows yeah. up. It, it, has be, it has to be before Force Awakens, right? <laughs> like, yeah. But it, it makes sense <laughs> with the Kylo Ren ship there because keep in mind that the big attraction that's not open yet is the um, uh, Rise of the Resistance. It's all about the First Order. So it would make sense that that would be a tie-in to the ride because he's in that new ride. Yeah, again, yeah. That, that also cements him as this is Kylo Ren's domain <laughs> yeah, so there's no more the sad part means there's no more darth vader like are we we're not going to see darth vader in that land ever because it wouldn't make sense unless they wind up somehow in episode nine to like bringing a version of darth vader into it i don't know about all that i think well uh, also the, it's star wars it's fantasy they can do whatever they, they want they can do what they want but it, Another thing is that all the stuff in Tomorrowland, it doesn't really seem to be going away anytime soon. Uh, but Star Tours is just as packed as ever. Uh, it's Hyperspace Mountain again, launch base packed, and that's I guess you can always meet Darth Vader there. Although he hasn't been there in a while. Um, <laughs> For now, though, I mean that's until the the rumored Tomorrowland overhaul. But yeah, I mean that's. It's gonna. Yeah. I'm saying it's not going away anytime soon. Is what I'm saying. I don't say it's right, forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, all right. So characters, maybe they'll do better. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now, two more, two more points before we wrap this up here. They have introduced a beverage to try to take out butterbeer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is a beverage that many of us have wanted to drink our entire lives. <laughs> And then we saw where it came from in episode eight, <laughs> and then said no. <laughs> well, we saw where the green milk came from in episode eight, but we're still not sure where that blue milk comes from. Uh, <laughs> so it comes from shirtless Kylo Ren. All right, hold on. <laughs> Let's get that visual out of my head. Um, so <laughs> it's got a really weird visual. I had the pleasure. Of trying both blue and green milk, 
But uh, I'll, let, I'll let you take the lead on this one, Tanisha. Did you try them, the milks? Yes, I did. I tried them both because I had to. And I will say if this was Disney's attempt to create their version of Butterbeer, they need to go back to the drawing board because... Yeah. Um, so the blue milk was tolerable. It was okay. Mm-hmm. It, it So the blue milk to me, now I'm curious to see what things tasted like to you, James, because the blue milk to me tasted like a melted push pop. Yes. I, to me, it tastes like melted sherbet, which is basically a push pop. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very similar. <laughs> yep. Now, what did the, I'm curious, before I tell you what I thought the green milk tastes like, what did the green milk taste like to you? It was kind of like, like, a, like a cereal. <laughs> Like uh, like 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 Apple Jacks or um, okay, okay, something like that, but mixed with like another flavor that would not taste good as cereal. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, now like... I'm gonna tell you what I think it tasted like because so I've had this experience of as soon as I say it, people go, "That's it." Okay, all right, let's see. <laughs> it tasted like the aftertaste tasted like Flintstones chewables. <laughs> Actually, you know what it was? No, we were saying it tasted like fruity pebbles. That's actually what we literally were saying. Hold, hold on, quick, quick interjection. So you're telling me that one tasted like push pops, which was I remember as a kid they were Flintstones push pops, and now you're telling tell me about oh yeah, you're right, fruity pebbles. <laughs> yeah, these are yeah. all Flintstone, Flintstone flavors. Wow, and you know what? And if you think flavors. about the land, it kind of looks like bedrock a little bit. I maybe this is like they a whole thing. They're like, for. what should these things taste like? Well, were, this kind of looks like we're at bedrock, so let's call this let's call the Flintstones food. <laughs> 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 so, so uh, do you feel the need to yabba dabba do it again and uh, have another glass? Um, no, unless they change the formula, I'm not interested in getting it again. Yeah, the the green one, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> that uh-uh. that I, that was not even finished. That was thrown in the garbage. <laughs> uh, and I, it wasn't just fruity pebbles. It was so, that mixed with something else. The the vitamin thing, I gotta get that vibe too. Like it's. It wasn't, but here's my, here's what's funny is that, so I, I drink the, I pretty much, I finished the blue milk. I actually have a video of me trying it for the first time, expecting me to think it was gross and it wasn't. So it's anticlimactic, <laughs> but cause I like sherbet, <laughs> so it's okay. Um, but uh, I was talking to someone else that had blue milk. I think it was actually Roxy. And, um, then I found out that her blue milk was in the form of an ice slushy. Oh yeah, it was kind of slushy. Yeah, and my blue milk was not only not an ice slushy; it actually wasn't cold. <laughs> it, oh, it was like oh. it was like room temperature. <laughs> oh, so are they gonna, are they trying to Harry Potter this and give you like warm blue milk? No, I don't. I don't, th- I don't like... think it was on purpose. I think that they. I think that they were. Uh, selling it faster than they could freeze it i think i didn't get yeah. the real blue milk because <laughs> I, essentially i drank room temperature blue milk um, oh. it's so strange that they're dairy free as well like for being named blue milk oh. and green milk yeah well, i, I kind of got it though because i feel like they can a larger audience of people can purchase those right so now you don't have to worry about people with lactose intolerant 
you don't have to worry about people who are like vegan. Well, I'm glad they're concerned about them and not the disabled people that can't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just... I know, right? But that, that, that doesn't stop them from opening up like ice cream shops and things like that. Yeah, yeah. It's I, almost I, like it almost seems like I, it would have been a good idea to do like blue milk um, with dairy and green milk without. You know, kind of like that. Right. Have two different options. Um, yeah. I would say, even though I didn't get the proper blue milk, that. I'm never buying that again, especially at the eight dollar price point. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's not refreshing. It is not refreshing, and it is not a butterbeer competitor at all. It's not even the, the same league as butterbeer. Like I would, I would, I would choose uh, Lafou's Brew over, over oh, Blue Milk. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. That's how not great it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had that one time, and that was a. I, I, I'm looking at my cup from it right now. Yeah, <laughs> is hanging out on our wall, like in our our display case, and that was a one and done for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of how this is the blue and green milk. Now I'm hoping, I'm wondering if because people have been very vocal about their either disdain or meh about the blue and green milk that by the time it opens in Florida that maybe they'll have like reformulated it but we'll see well, we will see but there's a there's I'll our... be there within the first two weeks of it opening so I'm sure um, so I'll be um, get, back on that yeah get before yeah. you go in get get some push pops some fruity pebbles and some Flintstone vitamins and Compare and contrast. I don't think that if uh, if it continues tasting like the Flintstones vitamins, that they will sell 10 million strong and growing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> that was a certified grant joke there. <laughs> Uh, certified grant at 2 a.m. joke right, right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's late for you. So as we round home and finish this epic long Galaxy's Edge episode, which I feel like we've probably done longer episodes than this. <laughs> you're, um, you're, yes, yeah, you have. Yeah, your trip, your, your trip reports. <laughs> yeah, so for very long. Um, anyways, um, there's an attraction that is open there. Oh wait. oh, wait, before that, can I just say for food, their food so oh, yeah, far I, all throughout Star Wars Land is meh. Okay, I didn't try any foods. So you're saying the food oh, okay. isn't good because we ate, we ate dinner beforehand. So I wasn't even hungry at all. Yeah, the food is okay at best. Really? Because I thought they had those yeah. like meat skewer things that looked pretty good. Well, <laughs> okay, those? so I, I'm not a big meat eater, right? So my friends had eaten the, the I don't know, it's like some... A pita pocket with like a sausage in it and they said it was good they were like okay this is good mm-hmm. um and then we ate food at the i think it was called docking bay seven is yeah, there like that's, quick that's, service yeah that's the counter service place in there yeah so first of all they have these weird metal sporky things because they were gone. trying to be like outer spacey yeah those are gone. they don't have those anymore on ebay i think right <laughs> yeah people have been selling them for ridiculous amounts but I guess so. Uh, one of the cast members, I think, I think he was a manager or something, had come up to us and was kind of asking us, like, "Oh, how's the food? How's like, whatever the restaurant or whatever?" And apparently, he said the number one complaint they had been getting, and remember, this is only seven days in, was that they had created the sporks with right-handed people in mind. Oh boy! So 
they are unused they were pretty much unusable by left-handed people and also they had i got a shrimp noodle dish and you cannot eat noodles with a spork um yeah so there was yeah there wasn't a lot of testing done <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, their food was just like, it was just okay. Like I was, I was, it looked cooler than it was. Well, I'm interested to still try it. I realized what's after we, you know, we ate a full meal. I was like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. Cause I wanted to <laughs> try the food, but I was, <laughs> but yeah. I didn't really see any like desserts either. Did they have, like... they had two and the desserts were really good there was one that was i don't remember their names but there was one that was like a raspberry like cream puff type thing that was really good and mm. the other one was like this like tr- chocolate like truffle mousse cake that was it kind of reminded me of the dessert from pandora where it was kind of like the glossy finish like in oh, the shape the blue of a one ball. yeah 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 so it was kind of like that same thing but like a chocolate yeah Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, there's our food review. Yeah. <laughs> not not too stellar. <laughs> um. So uh, before we get to the last thing, I, I just read another thing was that I I did walk up to uh, where Rise's Resistance is sitting. There's uh, a <laughs> cast members standing there, blocking the entrance. Oh God. So I walked over there and I was like, "Hey guys." <laughs> What's going on over here? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> and they're like, um, they're like, oh, they're, uh, they're uh, well, these are ancient ruins here, and the uh, the re- you know the resistance have set up uh, a base here. I was like, have they? <laughs> I was like, yes. He's <laughs> like, but uh, they're not looking for recruits quite yet. I was like, oh. Well, uh, when do you think they're going to be looking for recruits? <laughs> and then they're like, later this year. <laughs> and then I said, oh, so December 31st? <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that that was the most like in-character conversation I had with anyone else. <laughs> with a cast member. So... They're just there stopping people from entering the queue, which looks completely done. So, I mean, apparently the ride from the rumors, this is all, you know, Grand Assault thing. Apparently the ride is done. They're just having technical issues that they can't r- repair. Yeah. Uh, so, so. I heard something to the tune of like it's going to be like 500000 or like $5 million for each ride on each coast. Like there's something like majorly wrong that it's uh, it's going to be a relatively quick fix, but it's a lot of money to do it. Uh, okay, well, five million. Pfft. They make five yeah. million an hour there. <laughs> yeah, just but that, that's why I've heard on other from other sources right, is that know, um, it's all speculative. It, not not like a quick quick fix type thing because otherwise they'd probably just throw the money at it and say just have at it. But um, meaning it's something that's like. It's just going to be like a monotonous type fix. Like it's going to like probably a lot to do with the cars. It's probably I'm guessing if, if for five million on each one, that means that there's probably on the vehicle something that's wrong on the actual vehicles. I don't know. Oh, yeah. that, that's that, trackless, that, that's right? Mean, yeah, 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 it's yeah. trackless. So it's going to mean like probably like okay, now we have to open up this vehicle and fix this and change this out. That's the only thing I can really think of. 
without having been on the ride or seeing the inside of it. Well, I've heard more that I feel like I'm not saying on the podcast, <laughs> but it's all it's all a grain of salt, you know. You know who cares? So I mean, maybe a little. I just don't think I feel like it's not going to open this year. I, no. I I just don't think so, you know. But whatever, we'll see. So, if, it does, if it does open this year, it's going to open up in a different way than it was originally intended. And we'll never oh, know. Oh, maybe the they may rework the whole. Yeah. yeah. And we'll never know. It'll be interesting. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to change the whole ride, now's the time to do it because nobody in the public's been on it. So. Yeah. I'd... We'll we see, know. but we're waiting. Yeah. Um, so, leading into going to Galaxy's Edge, I've heard a lot of great things about it. But I heard a lot of people saying that they were underwhelmed and disappointed mm-hmm. in the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run attraction. And I don't know what ride those people went on because that <laughs> ride is totally awesome. <laughs> like, I, I I don't even know what you think, Tanisha, yet, but I just, I'm just saying for... You know, I go into all things like, you know, I just want experience for myself. And anytime I heard any discussion of the ride or anything like that, I I wouldn't read it. I podcast. I would turn it off when they start talking about it. Like, I went in as, as fresh as I possibly could. And that was just one of the most fun that I've ever had on a theme park attraction in my entire life. Like, I just absolutely loved every second of that experience. Now, I was a pilot, so that might... I was about to say, were you a pilot, James? That's probably why. (laughs) I was a pilot. They have... uh... The other positions aren't as fun. That's what I think. I could imagine, (laughs) because it was a lot of fun being a pilot i'll tell you because that uh that experience i mean i don't know it was just you know i've heard people say oh it's a simulator it's just like star tours or the graphics don't look good or whatever the feeling of controlling a spaceship is unlike anything i've ever felt in my life because it really you feel like the, the you know the cockpit shaking, like like you feel like you're actually going through these things, and and when you when you jolt the, the you know the controller or whatever it's called, you feel it, man. Like <laughs> I can't think of any other theme park experience uh, that even comes close to something like this. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Um, like I just had a goofy grin on my face the entire time. Shannon and I were both pilots, and basically for the for grand and for other people that haven't done it, uh, one side goes up and down, the other side goes right to left. So you have to constantly be in communication with each other about what you're doing. <laughs> and it's funny to put you know a couple <laughs> yelling at each other. <laughs> oh, that might that might really not be good if you get like if you're going like through single rider and you get like put with a foreign family. Yeah, oh, you will not be pilot though. You, if you were a single rider, you would not get pilot. I wouldn't want to go on this ride by myself. I don't even see a point. Like this is totally about like a group experience. Like I don't like it's not a passive experience, you know. Like, well, for me. Yeah. So, what position yeah, were you, Tanisha? Okay. <laughs> so I, because I went in four times, I actually got to be in all the positions. Okay. So what um, is, the other one is um, 
engineer is that what they're called it the engineer yeah, and the other and one shoots the gunners. The, the gunners okay yeah so you have two pilots two gunners two engineers um so what do the engineers and, do okay so the engineers <laughs> essentially your job is to repair damage to the ship right but the way you do that is you face and look at this panel of buttons and you're supposed to hit the buttons as soon as they light up, right? So, so as you're playing Simon? Yes. Okay. So as an engineer, your experience is not as fun as the pilot because you don't really get to see where we're flying or where we're going. What are you looking at? Because you're the looking at this panel of buttons and making sure you hit every single one of them as they light up. Oh, and, so you're not looking out the window at all is what you're you, saying. You can't. Like, you can sometimes steal some glances and, like, look of, like, oh, where are we going? What are we doing? But uh. for the most part, you need to be focused on this panel of buttons, which is not that exciting. And then, okay, all right. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so <laughs> the engineer the engineers, like, the I would say is the least uh, experiential of the three positions because you, because you can't really pay attention to what's going on, where you're flying. You can't really look at the, the window and see what's happening. Cause you're really focused on like, Oh, I got to fix the shit. The gunners are the position you want to be in. If you are just along for the ride. So really, it doesn't make a difference. Not that it doesn't make a difference, but literally you're pushing one button over and over and over again to shoot. So you don't, oh, you don't aim. No, you don't aim. You literally are just pushing the button like pew, 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 pew. Yeah. <laughs> You're so, literally pew, pew, pewing. Wow. Yeah, literally pew, pew, pewing. So um, as the gunner, like I feel like if you want to just sit in the cockpit and like enjoy the ride as a ride and not have too much like active responsibility involved, the gunner is the position you want to be in because literally you're just pushing one button over and over and over and over and over again. Um, whereas the pilots, you actually get to steer and control the ship and control where we're going. And also you get to see where we're going and see the whole view and everything. So the pilot is really the best position. The engineer was the least, uh, fun position to be in just because I felt like when I was in the engineer position, I just felt so disconnected from what was happening. Cause I was mm. just like, Oh, I got to push all these buttons. Um, so yeah, like, I feel like it's, I understand people kind of like, eh, when you're in those back two positions, because as the gunner, you're not that actively involved. And then as the engineer, you're very actively involved, but you don't get to take it all in. Well, I mean, I I give you a little bit of that, but clearly without even going on the ride, you would... You you want to be the pilot, right? I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, but you can only have so many pilots, though. I mean, like, not everybody gets to be a pilot, and it stinks that if like on a day like it was really crowded, and you waited a few hours for this experience, and you're there with your friends, and then one of them decides, hey, well, I'm going to be the pilot, and you're stuck, and you're not even able to see what's going on because you're busy pressing like this panel of buttons. I could see some major design flaws going on there. Yeah, well, well not I, having been on it, right? You know, I will say it, that just, the this selection like suck. Yeah, but the, the select these the, you get randomly selected. I mean, you, you could at the end of the day do whatever you want, but they well, give, you get 
selected in standing order. So whatever order you're standing in is how they hand out the roles like, to you. Like mission, so if you like want to be a pilot, space, you yeah. to the front. Oh, really? I thought it was like pretty random when they handed the cards no, to us. No, they, they, they handed them upside down to make it seem like it was random, but every time we went through, the first two people got pilots, the second two people that were behind them oh, got, really? got <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, clearly you want to be a pilot if you go on this ride. I understand you. When the line, oh, yeah. Especially Walt Disney World, when the lines are going to be long and all that jazz, not everyone can be the pilot. But it, that may, that just doesn't seem like a very fun ride if you're not going to be the pilot. Like, if you can't even see what's going on and you're just like looking at yeah, this I'd, whiteboard I, or whatever. I'll give you that. I had no idea that that the engineers could see what was going on. That's pretty bizarre. But, I mean, you could you could. There are moments where like you can kind of like steal a glance and kind of look up and see what's going on. But for the most part, you really need to be like in your role you have to be focused on this like panel of buttons but you shouldn't have to like steal a glance for a ride that you're waiting on you know that you're you know like that's really weird that would be i don't know like you get to ride the haunted mansion you have your eyes closed for every moment except for when you go by the mirrors and you see what's with you like it's like okay well i guess you get to hear everything you know it's just like such a strange concept to me i've done that I mean, I've written well, a haunted mansion in my eyes closed <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's you, James. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have heard that apparently there is a mode in place that if you were to ride Millennium Falcon and you got five people together with you and you do not touch a single button, like you get weird things that happen. Like there is a mode that will happen where it's super exciting if if like you can get it where you can get like people to basically sit on their hands and not touch a single thing interesting things happen i have no oh yeah there was actually there was a group of there was like three or four guys that were there during a reservation and in line they were trying to recruit people that were they were like oh we need like two or three more people to join our party to fill the millennium falcon but like we want to make sure you're your game to not do anything (laughs) and they were not successful in finding people that were willing to not do anything um because obviously everybody's like this is my four under window and i want to (laughs) get the full experience but i know that there's people that were actively trying to find out what would happen because i don't think it was it wasn't like out yet what would happen um because obviously this was one weekend, so they were trying to see, like, they were like, we want to find out what happens if nobody does absolutely anything. Is anybody willing to ride with us? And everybody was like, no. <laughs> but the Imagineers did put out there that, hey, there is a thing that will happen if you do not, if nobody touches any buttons. There is a mode that will go into that's super exciting. Oh, okay. Like, it's, oh, like, an easter, it's, like, an, it's like a hidden Easter egg thing, so... You know, I, I mean, I guess it probably actually runs through that quite a bit. Like when they're starting the cycle in the morning, you know, because nobody's on it. Well, I just don't want to say I want to speak on behalf of Roxy. Uh, she was an engineer. And again, she doesn't like Star Wars or know anything about it or anything like that. And she wasn't pressing the buttons. Because <laughs> she, and she, and she thought she thought the ride was a lot of fun. She she enjoyed her time on there as a as a passenger, so um, that's just I just want to I just want to bring up her point of view. <laughs> oh yeah, and I mean not to say that like obviously being in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and 
is very, very cool. It's a cool experience. So like, regardless of what position you're in, I think just being in there is really, really cool. It's just that the pilot experience is significantly better I mean, that is the experience. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah. that, that is the experience <laughs> and yeah. I loved it. And I, I was, I, you know, it was a blast. I had so much fun doing it. I only did it once. I didn't want, I caught, we probably could have went again. Um, but I just, I actually, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have a lesser experience. <laughs> I just wanted to, I wanted to leave that on a high note for that day. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't want to do another position or, <laughs> You're like, nope, I went straight. See, I didn't get to do, with my friend group, I didn't get to do pilot position until the, our last run. <laughs> so, like, it, it was nice for me because I got to do, like, gunner twice, and then I did the engineer once, and then I was the last up to pilot. Um, so it was nice to, like, sort of build up to that right. experience. <laughs> Not me. I went right for the gold right away. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, uh, I think anyway, I still think it's a fun experience uh, overall, um, and that's my take on it. So I just I've heard uh, really nothing positive about it, <laughs> so uh, I'm just gonna put out there that it's great to be the pilot of the the Falcon. <laughs> um, so that, I think that pretty much covers it. We actually ended up leaving around eleven o'clock because, oh. because at that point we had we had done everything that we could do. <laughs> uh, so we didn't even stay the whole four hours. Funny enough. So the big question for you guys is, did Disney make a mistake by not opening it up with rise of the resistance? Or do you think that this was the smart way to do it? So you're asking, should they have waited to open it until? Yeah. Rise should they, should open? they have held, should they have held on until the actual, until it was ready to, you know, so it would be more of a complete experience. Or do you think that this was a good way to do this? Yeah, that's a tough question to answer. Right? I think from a financial standpoint, it was smart on their behalf because they're already making money. They're like recouping their money efforts back from it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's already a park that's open. You already have a bunch of people that are selling out $200 per person lightsaber sales and shows and and i've heard the droids are expensive too you know the droids are a hundred dollars each yeah and i i bought and built a droid as well i'm one of those people so i think i think from their <laughs> from a business perspective i think it was very smart of them to open even though they're down a ride because rather than you know waiting a whole what extra half of a year before they can start making money from that part of the part they already are yeah i think they had to for a financial point, but Grant, were you asking us like from a consumer point of view, was this the best way to do it? Yeah, like from a yeah from a consumer view, point of view, like did you feel like it was like that the area was ultimately lacking? No, uh, I mean, no. I, I feel like if Rise of Resistance was open, it would have really changed the dynamic because I think that. I think the shift would have been to there over the cantina. Mm, yeah. And, I, and, it, and it would have, it would have changed the dynamic for sure. It would have had, would have had that area of the park have a lot more energy or the land. I mean, because there's, Oh yeah. Cause it wasn't, it's kind of in a debt. Cause I feel like it's so far away from the rest of the land 
that where the rise of the resistance is was just kind of a dead zone. Yeah, like yeah, just, yeah. It was just that's, yeah. That's when I walked, you know, when I, I when I walked over there, when I was talking to the cast members, I mean, there was like ten people over there. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not close to anything else in the land. So it, so it might spread everybody out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I think there. Yeah, I think the dynamic would have shifted and. and and probably would have had an overall better experience, but they might not have done this reservation thing. I mean, I I don't know. Overall, should they have waited so that, or should I have waited? <laughs> Maybe is the question. I, you know, so the first time I go in there, I do everything. You know, I mean, uh, it's hard to say until we ride the ride and say, was it worth the wait or not? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. Well, and at the end of the day, we weren't able to. Wait, you're saying we weren't able to what? Well, I'm saying at the end of the day, we weren't able to do everything. Oh, and there's that yeah. too. <laughs> right. So that too. Um, but, does it, but it doesn't – it's a weird thing because I can't really compare it to anything else because going to a new highly themed land and having an area that's dead – is this kind of weird? I can't compare that to any other experience I've ever had. You know, when Hogsmeade opened, it opened with, uh, you know, Dragon Challenge and uh, and Fly the Hippogriff. You know, it's like if one of those wasn't there, actually, it would, the, the real the comparison would be if it opened and, and Forbidden Journey wasn't there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just Fly the Hippogriff. Yeah, just Fly the Hippogriff. Yeah. To me, it very much sounds like Pandora, where Navi River Journey is open, but um, Flight of Passage is coming soon. Like, that's what it seems Millennium like. Millennium Falcon and, and Navi River Journey are not on the same level. Millennium <laughs> Falcon is way better than Navi River Journey. So it's, not, it's not quite that bad. <laughs> uh, so it's... I don't know what the right answer is, right? This is a very unique experience. Uh, sorry, sorry, circumstance. Uh, but uh, as you, I think you and I, Grant, we're talking about this in another podcast episode. Uh, the way, maybe the way to do things is to not have a hard date for the public. Just do it until it's ready, like Universal Hollywood is currently doing with uh, the Jurassic World ride. Which, which we still don't have an opening date. <laughs> I feel like we're never going to get one. I feel like it's just literally going to be open. And granted, a Jurassic Park reskin is not as in demand as a Star Wars land. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe that's the way to do it. So that you, you just keep working on it until you get it right. <laughs> Instead of forcing it to be done by a certain date. And then, you know, honestly, then the um, with how social media works nowadays, people will know it's open like within five minutes of it being open. Oh, oh yeah, everybody it wouldn't will be know. a secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, how how crazy would that be if they if they never had an opening day for Star Wars, and then you're just in the park and they're like, it's open completely. All the rides are functioning. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you know, at full operational. You know, like it's come on in. <laughs> you know, you'd see an army of like two hundred <laughs> bloggers who've been sitting there for three months, just going, "Yes, finally, my hard work is paying off." <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's crazy to think, but 
it's still like I don't even think that's a bad option. I, I, you know, call me crazy because the way that they did it was not without its flaws, <laughs> as we've discussed in detail. <laughs> so when Marvel Land opens, just open it. Don't even give a date. <laughs> and I think actually, I think that that's a great idea because obviously, you know, we're not getting into my experience with Hagrid's on this podcast. But they have been having a lot of technical issues with that because they wanted to hit a hard date, and unfortunately, it's paying for because of that. Right. I heard that date is um is significant in Hagrid's life. <laughs> the date that the ride opened. Oh, well, maybe. It, it's like uh, it was June fifteenth. I, I literally just heard this. Oh my god, I can't remember what it was. Is it maybe his birthday or something like that? No, or? it wasn't his birthday. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, like, I don't even know. Oh, you know, I, no. <laughs> I, I doubt that they're, they're really being a stickler to that, but but uh, yeah, but that was, or maybe they were. I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but it was. Uh, uh, didn't he get? He was falsely accused of something, right? Oh no, he was falsely accused of opening a chamber of secrets. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that was the day that he was uh, acquitted. <laughs> Not this. That was the date. Released from Azkaban. Yes, there we go. <laughs> so, but ultimately, yeah, I'm going. But anyways, we're not talking about like, Hagrid on this podcast because we're wrapping this. No, up. not no, no. But I'm just saying is that the idea of it, a hard date is maybe not necessarily the smartest one to hit, unless you're talking about opening up a whole theme park. Yeah, yeah. I, you can't just open a theme park, whatever. Because people need to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Best day ever, no lines. I just happen to be in the area. <laughs> There's uh, a parade, and it's all for me. Just for you. Wow. <laughs> That'd be a, that's a funny movie. I want to see it. Anyways, um, all right. So um, apparently the, you're getting the same exact thing in Walt Disney World. Same exact layout. <laughs> so... It's interesting. So uh, when I uh, when I'm in, in Orlando sh- days after the opening, I'm kind of thinking that I'm not even gonna bother to try to go <laughs> because it seems like it's literally the same exact thing. Hopefully, not the same exact problems, though. Hopefully not. Yeah, maybe um, they'll scrap the reservation system. Oh yeah, they they're not having reservations. Uh, there i know that but i heard they're doing something i don't know confused all i care about is can i get into hollywood studios to go on tower terror during the pandemonium of galaxy's edge opening i think that it's possible but (laughs) we'll see because pretty much every person that's going to hollywood studios is going to be going to galaxy's edge it's not like you have a disneyland full of dive of, of all these diversions <laughs> oh no we know that you're only going to hollywood studios to go and uh see the voyage of the little mermaid show yeah yeah that, oh that packs in the crowds I've, actually it sold smell. out so for some reason the what show <laughs> the lightning mcqueen show yeah, oh. yeah, that one too. Oh. Pac-Man. No, I just, <laughs> I feel like Tower is gonna be like, uh, like the time that you, you and I, Grant, went to the Tower Terror party there, <laughs> where you went on the ride what ten times in a row <laughs> or something ridiculous. 
I uh, like... Yeah, I did it did a different time each way. Like I did one like where I was singing over it, and then another one where like my eyes were closed, and I went on it by myself like two or three times. I uh, think did it way more than that, but <laughs> and and drinking quite a bit too, so that was fun. Yeah, so uh, we, I bet you we could do that again when Galaxy's Edge opens <laughs> because he can literally <laughs> be no lines. Uh, I don't know, or maybe. Maybe uh, Rises of Resistance will open in Walt Disney World before Disneyland. Wouldn't that be shocking? Oh, oh. <laughs> well, I could see that happening. I like as far as um, just um, with how much construction is going on, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that was the goal because obviously they've, they haven't had the best of press from the Disneyland opening. Um, so maybe uh, their goal is we got to hit this hard when this one opens up here in Florida. Oh boy! Well, we'll see how this all unfolds. But um, I'm glad that we all had a forum, or not we, Tisha and I had a forum <laughs> to to say our experiences. I'm sure it is, is, there's so much coverage of this, especially the theme park world. It's not like uh, saying anything new, but um, we just wanted to share our thoughts. And at the end of the day, is Galaxy's Edge creepy? I'd say it's pretty creepy. There's tons of creepy creatures and gross stuff everywhere. <laughs> so, and I cannot, I cannot wait to see how Universal responds to this. I'm sure it's going to be in their new theme park. I think, I think they're going to take it up a notch. <laughs> I, I don't the know. The new t- Nintendo Land, maybe? Ninten- yeah, I think Nintendo Land's going to take it up a notch. Um, Ooh, they could do a whole world based on the movie Crawl. Yeah, That's that, right, that movie from the 80s, that like 84. Come, yeah, that, would, that would bring the crowds, yes. Crawl. <laughs> Crawl Land. No, I'm just saying, I don't know... I'm just guessing what 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 it's gonna be. I'd say Nintendo is probably gonna be pretty. It's gonna probably raise the bar. I, um, we're we're assuming they're building another Harry Potter section in the third park, um, but I don't know what could possibly be more impressive than Diagon Alley as far as land in Harry Potter. You know, even building the Ministry of Magic, which I've heard rumors about. You're like, oh, that's cool, I guess, but like. I mean, what's what, what cooler place in the Harry Potter world is there that you want to visit? Hmm. I don't know. It would be cool. Okay. I had oh, um, if they did like an Epcot, but it was like all the ministries from around the world. Like uh, how we've seen the, the French one and then we've seen the American one. Oh, wow. So you're like raising the bar. You're like, yes. is, I want an Epcot version of the Ministry of Magic. Yes. <laughs> yes, where it's like we get all the all the international wizarding communities. This sounds like I an mean, idea. Go ahead, Grant. Oh, no, I was going to say that. That's probably the best idea ever. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like this is, a, this is an idea for a future podcast. Like what would we fill <laughs> this new uh, – Universal theme park with. <laughs> oh, and then I'll go more minimalist and go with um, the new Harry Potter land will be just 
Harry Potter's um, little room or like little closet below the stairs. <laughs> and the, the whole existence, like what you do is you wait in line and then you get to go into a dark closet and feel <laughs> like hear people walking over you and yelling about you. Okay. Like you tell them your name and then they like Facebook you and see what you hate. <laughs> and then they basically say, you suck. You you're fat. This person is terrible. This person, I can't believe they like this movie. And they basically make you feel bad. And then you leave. And then you exit through the gift shop. Yeah, I would, I would pay for that experience. Uh, a lot of people would for that Harry Potter experience. <laughs> On that note, we're going to wrap up this episode. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, guys. <laughs> no problem. Hey, if, if you want to contact us here at the Dark Theme Park Show, you can do so by sending us an email creepykingdom at gmail.com and for links to all of our social media to check out the show notes links to our articles our videos everything creepy kingdom is right there waiting for you at creepykingdom.com and if you would like to support what we do here at creepy kingdom and get extra bonus content then check out our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Well, unfortunately, uh, extra magic hours are, are now over. So it's time to close the gates.